Welcome to the Obesity Medicine Podcast with your host, Dr. Matea Rentia, board certified in internal medicine and obesity medicine. Here, we talk about a path to metabolic health, and we have real conversations about chronic weight management and living a full life. Just a reminder, I am a physician, but I'm not your physician. So everything that's on this podcast is for informational purposes, but please go talk to your doctor about what's right for you. There is no medical advice being given on this podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am just absolutely in love with the episode that I'm going to bring you. I have to tell you that a lot of the people that are on this podcast are people that I have been friends with for years that are just absolutely amazing within their field. And it's all usually very complementary to understanding obesity medicine more. So today, I'm extremely excited to share an interview with one of my best friends, Dr. Chris Berlingeri. She is a dermatologist. She's a dermatopathologist. She owns a bakery. She's in seminary school. She does so many other things. So stick around in this episode to hear kind of, she briefly introduces all of that in the beginning. But what we really talk about today, I asked her a lot of really pointed questions that I get asked often when people are going through the weight loss journey, a lot of questions are asked about hair, skin, nails. You know, what are all the things I can do to support that best? Stuff like that. Now, I loved so much the conversation that we had here, what she shared, and we could only talk about so much here that I actually even brought her in for an exclusive within my clinic. What I actually do is with patients at least once a month for the weekly call that we have within my clinic, I usually bring in a specialist. So someone like Chris that is either you know a dermatologist that can help us out with, again, understanding how weight plays into these things or other specialists in different fields where it has an intersection with our weight. Because I think that one of the things I really want to bring you here is high-level interviews and information so that you can get this information and you don't need to be scrolling online for hours and hours and hours every day questioning if the information that you have is right or not. So if you are someone that has wondered about hair loss with weight loss, we're going to talk about it. If you are someone that wonders you know, you hear those wretched terms being used, ozempic face. We're going to talk about how does the skin change when you lose weight. If you are someone that is wondering how can you best support your skin with weight loss, things like that. What about brittle nails? All of that. We're going to go ahead and answer that today. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Just to give you background, me and her, we went through board certification at the same time, obesity medicine boards, and it was the most fun thing in the world, actually, her and also uh, another friend of ours, Daisy, all of us physicians, we were this little cohort going through. And for months and months, we were just talking about studies and just really loving this process. And I think this is something, too, that I just really hope for all of you that are out there. If you are a clinician listening, I hope that you absolutely love the treatment of this with helping patients. If you are a patient, I hope that you can hear here how passionate we are about doing this. This is not just a job or someone that we're helping. This is truly, we've solved a lot of problems for ourselves in this. We just love the science. We love how it helps people. And you're going to hear today how we draw a lot of that together. So I hope that you love this episode. I would love if you think that this is a great episode for you to either share it or to leave a review where you're listening. This is a new podcast and I'd love to get the word out. I am so excited today that we have one of my best friends, Chris, and she is also amazing on so many levels. So Chris, can you just start out telling the people what you do, who you help? Just tell us a little bit about all the things that you do because you are not into just one thing. 
Okay, I, I'll try to do this the best way that I can. And hi, and thank you for having me here. Okay, so I'm Chris. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, but I've been living for the last 14 plus years in Texas. And I'm a physician by trade. I'm a dermatologist and dermatopathologist, but I also have many other passions and ventures as like my friend and colleague here, Matea. I'm a life coach as well. I also opened my own little cafe, bakery slash restaurant in the city that I live in, catering Hispanic goods to the local community. And then I'm also pursuing a master's in theology in Spanish with the same purpose. So it may seem like all that I do is kind of like scattered, but I think the one thing that unifies it is I want to empower the Hispanic women, particularly the Hispanic women living in the United States, to fulfill their mission and what they were created for. I also decided, again, using Matea as my trailblazer, I decided to study and get certified for the Obesity Medicine Board, and we passed, yay! And and I love it. It just was really life-changing for me studying for that board, and yeah, and I love it, and I can apply it to my patients, even if I'm in dermatology. Yeah, that, thank you for sharing all of that with us. It it is so cohesive on so many levels when I see what your life looks like, how how integrated with passion, how you're changing the lives of so many women. And one of the reasons I brought you on today is because me and you went through the board certification process and we just geeked out every single day on the studies and how applicable it was. And I'm wondering if you can just give us a sense of something that I think was fascinating is me and you both also run group weight loss coaching programs, or at least did. and we were able to understand the physiology behind what was happening much more intensely with, I can now say patients, but really with our clients. Were there any yes. insights as you were going through that, things that before you did all that trading, you didn't realize? Oh my goodness, so many things. And yes, we did geek out on that. And I wish we would still do it because for me, and I'm a physician, I went to med school, I'm a life coach. So I'm all training the thought work as well. But studying for this obesity medicine board didn't only change me, and it didn't change me also as a life coach, but in my own personal journey with my maintenance journey. For those of you who don't know me, I've lost 50 pounds and I've been able to maintain it for the last four years. And to my people, my family, my friends, it just was so eye opening to see how really the body. I mean, if I'm going to resum it in one sentence, I mean, there's so many things. It's literally your body was created to conserve energy in the form of fatty tissue in your body. And when it senses it's losing that energy, it's going to do everything, everything in its power to make you eat so you don't lose weight. And it's coming from a place of love. Like, like your body is loving on you. It's things that it's doing you a service and it's doing that to protect you. And it was just so fascinating just to understand, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. It's not a virtuous thing. It's not an issue with morality, like willpower. It's just literally, that's how my body was made to be. And it's just trying to protect me. Yeah, because you would share with me because you're further along in the weight loss and maintenance journey. And we, everybody, we talk every day. <laughs> Me and Chris on Marco Polo, <laughs> and because we live in different places, and I just re I re I've remembered hearing over the years 
what you've had to go through to maintain this weight loss. And I think that you were able to put some science behind that to understand a lot of the things that had happened because most people actually can't keep the weight off and they don't understand how complex it is. And so when I heard all those things that you had gone through and then we put it together with the science, we were like, oh, we were able to understand things more. Yes. And we were able to understand why in my case, you know, eight to nine out of 10 people, they regain the weight and I'm one of the quote unquote exception to the rule. And I was able to understand why. I was able to see how the biology integrated with the thought work. One example is, I think one of the reasons that I had been able to maintain my weight, but I didn't know it back then, was my journaling and my food planning. Like in my journaling, I was able to create this communication with my body. I I have food for you. Look at my plan. We ate the same food that we always eat because one of the things that happens, and I'm sorry if I digress, one of the things that I learned through the obesity medicine board studying was that, this is <laughs> this is just crazy, that your brain is going to tell you that you're eating less food when actually you're eating the same. Right. I mean, it, well, yes, like it, they have done these studies. And the the brain is going to trick you so you would eat more. So once I understood that, I'm like, oh, no wonder. For example, I like to weigh and measure most of my meals because, again, I want to make sure that I'm eating well and that I'm eating the amounts that I need. I don't measure out of restriction. It's more to protect, like to take care of myself. And I think when I read that, I'm like, no wonder I've been successful. It's because after I have <clears throat> after I have had dinner that I know I've eaten four to six ounces of proteins, a full cup of vegetables. And my brain is telling me, no, that's not enough. I think you actually ate less. I'm like, no, honey, listen, I've got you. We've eaten the same amount. We're not going to die. It's all going to be fine. So I was just able to understand all of that at a whole different level. Yeah. And I I think what you're talking about where it's like for you to lose the weight and keep it off, it was not just one thing you did. You did like 50 different things to figure it out. <laughs> and it took you years. And then for us to see like, oh, that's why it's happening. We got to put a name to it. But but let me ask you this, the other thing, because we were going through when we were going through, I think I already had a very high level of compassion, just because compassion and understanding, just because I've gone through it myself and I've, I've been treating mm-hmm. patients a long time. But what are things that you see commonly in the dermatology practice that relate to weight? Are you able to, like, any common things you see often? Yes. Well, one of the most common things that I see are patients with a condition called acanthosis nigricans, which is like this brown velvety plaques or, you know, elevated areas on the back of the neck, sometimes on the armpits. And that can be a signal for insulin resistance or diabetes or family tendencies to develop that later in the future. Another thing that I see like bread and butter are skin tags, like multiple skin tags. So now when I see patients with four, five or more skin tags, I always ask, do you have history of insulin resistance or diabetes? And if not, has a first degree family member, make sure you get yearly examinations with your primary care physician. Another thing is that in dermatology, we see a lot of patients with psoriasis and many of the patients with psoriasis have metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome, either high blood pressure, insulin resistance or diabetes, the waist circumference is elevated. And I'm able, as I'm talking about psoriasis treatment with them, I'm also able to integrate it with 
with the science behind obesity that the um, inflammation markers are elevated and the medicines for psoriasis, they decrease those inflammatory markers that are associated with the diseases and comorbidities that many of these patients can share. That is just such a, I can't even imagine how those patients feel where they're able to just get, you you know, what you're describing is you're medically letting them know what's going on. And I know what I hear often is that if patients have some weight on them, they get ignored when they come in. So they might not be taken seriously. I have to tell you like one thing that I'll hear common, they won't get the diagnosis of eczema. They'll go in there and the dermatologist will say, oh, your itching is from stress and lose weight, Mm -hmm. but they won't actually get medically evaluated, right? Do you ever experience that where people come to you sort of with the story of frustration, what happened before? Oh, multiple times. And I'll be honest, I hear my own colleagues sometimes kind of like having that type of conversation about, oh, they just need to lose weight if they would only just lose weight. And there's just so much more to it that just the weight. I mean, these are things that are happening inside our body with, with you know, hormones, inflammatory markers, cytokines. And, you know, it's much more intricate than just telling a patient, oh, you just need to lose weight and all your problems will be fixed. Just much more than that. And also for those patients that are, that have come and have lost some weight, or let's say they lose weight and they regain or are kind of like in that struggle, I find it so powerful to be able to tell them, you know what, when your fatty tissue decreases, your hunger hormones go up, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Your satiety hormones, they go down because it's produced by the fatty tissue and it's just such a relief on their faces because they have been told all their life by not only the media and their family members, but by the own medical profession that they are weak or they need to have more self-control or that they need to have more willpower or just get up and walk and do some exercise. Like it's just to be able to explain it to them in that way, I think it's very empowering for them because they know what's going on. And the more you know, the more power you have to deal with the situation. Yeah. It's almost like they feel that as time goes on, their willpower goes down, but they don't realize that physiologically it's been cranked up a million percent, their hunger hormones. And so they're thinking it's willpower. It's like, physiologically, this is what's happening. Can we just talk science? Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. so empowering. I thought it was really... I don't know if I want to use the word highly offensive, but they've been writing articles like in the New York Times, they call it like ozempic face when you use a weight loss medication and the face just doesn't look the same. And I'm wondering if you can kind of just provide some insight with when people do go through a lot of weight loss, what happens to their skin? And can you just provide some sort of understanding of what happens when we lose weight? Yeah. So one of the things that can happen, so Fatty tissue provides kind of like that cushioning and structure for the body. So when you lose fatty tissue, you can have skin sagging, right? That's one of the things that we can see. Skin sagging not only on the abdominal area or the arms or thighs, but also you can see it on the chin, particularly on the submental area, particularly depending if it's a patient older than say like 50, 60 years old, you start noticing it more there. You start noticing the sagginess of the face as well, the skin on the face. In women, you get, of course, we have a lot of fatty tissue on our breast area for evolutionary reasons. So we see loss of that tissue there and patients may complain 
uh, about their breast size and form as well. That happened to me, if I'm honest. The other thing that can happen is depending on how quickly the weight loss was, you can lose hair and your nails may get brittle. That's it's a condition called on the hair called telogen effluvium. We explain how the body is designed to conserve energy. So when it loses energy by weight loss, the body's gonna sense, oh, there's an emergency. There's a stress here. Let's fix this. So that stress signals can cause your hair to start falling. But that usually doesn't last forever and you're not going to go bald. It's just kind of like the body accommodating space for, for that phase in your life. The nails may get brittle. So I always encourage patients to make sure they're eating well and that not to stress about the hair loss because then it's going to get worse. Those are the most common things that we may see. If the patients are not hydrating well, then we see a little bit of that dehydration on their skin with more like decreased skin turgor. Yeah. Let me ask you, are there any evidence-based things that are helpful as people are losing weight to help with that? Or is that just physiologic where it's going to happen? That's physiologic. The, the best advice that I would say, make sure you are eating from all food groups, hair and nails and our skin, like other organs, need micronutrients in order to, to, to develop well and to be healthy. And usually we can get my, those micronutrients at the level that we need them with a standard diet. But just double down, make sure, and patients on these medications usually are taking already multivitamin. And one thing that patients may not know is that the nail brittleness does not have to do as much with calcium, which is what usually people think. They're like, oh, I drink milk. I'm fine. I take the calcium supplements. But it's water content. So not only like water as intake water, but if your nails are brittle, one thing that can help tremendously is having a routine at night or during the day or whenever you have 20 minutes, soak them in water and then immediately after put Vaseline or coconut oil, something really thick and cover them up. I like nighttime because that way you can sleep with the nails covered in that. So that's something that you can do to, to help the brittleness of the nails. You just blew my mind because I feel like everyone's always wanting to hear about biotin and, you know, <laughs> supplements like that. But that's so practical what you just said. <laughs> and one other thing I want to ask you about, because I asked you about this privately back in the day. Can you explain, like, if our body has a large stress, it's losing weight, what's the life cycle of hair? Like, what can they expect? Because everyone thinks it's like a week or two. Yes. Can you talk more about no. that? So usually when the stressor happens, it's three to four months after the stressor that the hair starts to fall. And that can last another three to six at the most months if the stressor is removed, then it goes back to normal. And you can lose up to 50% of your hair when you're going through this. I mean, again, up to 50. I have never, I don't think I've ever seen up to 50%. Usually it's about 30%. So it's kind of like the three, three, three rule. Like it happens about three months after the insult, lasts about three months. And you can lose on average about up to 50, but on average 20 to 30% of your hairs on your scalp. And I just want, <laughs> I just came from my clinic and I had two patients that showed me pictures of the hairs that they get when they when they wash your hair. Uh, and I like to remind them, listen, it's normal for us. The normal is 150 to 200 hairs per day. 
in that condition, which is called again telogen effluvium, it doubles. So we're talking 300 to 400 there, days per hairs per day. And if you wash your hair once a week, let's say, or you brush your hair once a week or every other day, whatever you do, like multiply that by that many days. When I bring that part to the patients, they get a little bit of an aha moment and like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you back in the day, I knew that the life cycle was long, but I didn't understand that telling them, look, it might actually be a year before you see, you know, X, Y, Z change. But here's my question for you. Do you see, because you said when the stressor is removed that the hair can come back. So I'm understanding that right. But let's say that they maintain the weight loss. Do they get back some of that hair? That's a really good question and one that I really don't know because, you know, as we've studied for the obesity medicine board, how long could it take for your body to get used to your new weight, right? right. Uh, which is one of the things that helped me a lot to understand. Like, when is it going to be normal for me and not be so hungry? <laughs> um, so it can take from one to seven years, um, if I remember correctly, yeah. for that to normalize. But I have yet to see that because all these medicines are now starting to be used yeah. uh, more frequently. So I'm just very curious to see what happens. That is, I'm actually very curious too, what's going to come down. And so over the next few years, I'm going to obviously be talking to you closely because I feel like before we just saw it with bariatric surgery, but now the numbers of people that are on these injectable anti-obesity mm -hmm. medications, we're really going to just have different medical knowledge in the coming years. Yes. I'm very curious to see what happens with them as well. So a follow-up that I'm wondering, I hear a lot about vitamin D and it relates to everything, but can you tell me specifically the link with vitamin D in the skin? Yes. So vitamin D is produced in part in the skin by activation by the sun rays. And the, the ironic thing is that as dermatologists, we usually recommend patients to stay out of the sun, right? But you need, if you are losing weight, if you have had any procedures or are on a medicine that is causing you by any way or form to not absorb vitamin D well, I will encourage you to take some supplements, talk to your, your physician about it, to supplement because vitamin low vitamin D levels correlate with psoriasis and other skin conditions as well. And lately has been linked also to skin cancers. So I would just make sure that you're just well supplemented. Yeah, I pretty much universally, that's one that when patients come to see me, I make sure that we get that lab if they haven't already had it. And I pretty much don't get anyone, and get granted, we're here in the Midwest, Indiana, Illinois, but I pretty much don't get anyone that's not deficient in it. It's really a rarity. Usually someone's already supplementing for them to not be in the deficiency or insufficiency category. So yeah, thanks for yeah. bringing that up because that's really good to know that this stuff matters. It's not just like random supplements for no reasons. It mm -hmm. has real life implications. So just thank you for coming on here because I wrote down, I'm realizing we covered all the things that I wanted to ask about, you know, what are common skin findings? What can it mean? How can we take best care of ourselves during weight loss from a dermatologic standpoint and just getting into kind of a lot of the different areas of that? Do you want to leave us with telling people how can they find out more about you locally or any social pages you have, things like that? Yes, thank you. So I'm I'm in the social media as Chris with all the age, Berlin Jerry MD, and I'm sure that's going to put those in the notes. So on Facebook, I'm Chris Berlin Jerry MD, and on Instagram, Coach Chris Berlin Jerry MD. And then I have two podcasts, yes, because I don't have time to do anything else. So <laughs> I have I have my podcast for weight loss called Joyful Weight Loss. 
podcast that's in English. And then because I want to serve the Hispanic community in their language in Spanish, I've started a new podcast with another colleague, coach, doctor, and obesity medicine board certified. Um, Daisy called Una Cita Contigo, a date with yourself, Una Cita Contigo. And those are the places where you can really find me the quickest and, and where you can get the most help. Chris, thank you for having come on. I'm going to link everything in the show notes. I'm also going to put in the show notes specifically the episode where you talk about how you're a baker and you maintain your weight, because I yes. think that that's something we didn't have time to talk today. We've talked about it again on one of my other podcasts, but I'm going to link that because there are so many lifestyle aspects that you share where I think people can just gain so much out of it. So I want to say thank you for giving time here today. And we definitely are going to have to do an update episode in the future. Yes. Thank you so much. It was so much fun.